1: This is the Wesson Walker Show.
0: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
1: It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Text in on the text line how you feel about Dave Canales after hearing the introductory press conference alongside new GM and president of football ops, Dan Morgan. You might know him. 704-570-9610. How's everybody feeling today? We would love to know. I'm telling you, I just came back from the press conference. Kyle there as well. Willie P, WFNZ, well represented. And I joked about this on Twitter. I was... Like all right, the energy's great, man, but just go win some games and then he starts, "Good morning." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm in. Let's do this thing. Hmm. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to win some football games." But ultimately, I think just as it is easy for everybody that gets introduced, I feel like everybody wins the introductory press conference except for Mitch Kupchak. It's the only guy that I've covered during an introductory press conference that did not win. I'll just back off the introductory presser. I'm hmm. sorry, Mitch. You were the only one because once you were introduced, you asked about the payroll. Is that is that right? Kimba, Kimba's making this. How much? <laughs> but Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Like that was the only thing. But Dave Canales wins today, and I do think you see the energy from Dave. But also Wes, like just, I think one of my main takeaways was. I was part of the problem on joking about Dave Canales's positivity for sure. Like I'm, I'm firing off jokes on Twitter too. Like I I'm here for it. That's all I use Twitter for really anyways, but I was expecting the positivity and it was there, but Wes, it wasn't over the top to me. It wasn't this. I I was a little, I guess, tiny bit worried about that with him being so involved on social media, you know, him just having all the crazy energy like Pete Carroll and they're all the jokes that are hurled Pete Carroll's way, but I didn't think anything was over the top. I thought Dave Canales was maybe a a tiny bit more honest than what I take away from other introductory pressers. He might have had his sayings. He might have had his buzzwords, if you will. He did warn us that he might have some buzzwords, but he also told you, like, look, we're going to tailor this offense to what Bryce Young does well. We're going to tailor the passing game to what Bryce does well. We're going to tailor the run game to what Chuba does well. I'm nervous about this opportunity. He was vulnerable in that regard. He said, hey, is it okay if I say I'm nervous? But I don't take this opportunity lightly. I'm ready to go. I'm really excited. I have alignment with Dan Morgan. I'm excited to work with him. We have experience with one another. He said he was super excited to bring back Ajero Averro, which he just acted like that was common knowledge before Joe Person of The Athletic had to confirm it. Dave, you're saying Averro's coming back? Uh, Yes, we expect him back. So all of that was good, and I didn't take it as, oh, my God, this guy's going to be annoying. I, I didn't take it like that. I thought it was the right amount of positivity, the right amount of confidence. Like, this is somebody that believes in himself, and I do think he believes in the team. And so I'm ready to see how it's all going to work out because ultimately nothing's worked in David Tepper's tenure. And it's going to have to be him proving that to us before we give any Tepper hire the benefit of the doubt.
0: Well, the thing is, too, we know about the vulnerability. We talked about it yesterday with the book, his vulnerability, vulnerable Oh, boy. I'm all right, let's, that. All, let's all try this. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. There you go. Yeah so, we got- <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if we know anything, we know that that's part of his M.O. And I think he's going to be one of the best coaches that the Panthers have had on the mic. When you talk about just delivering the yeah. real, not getting up there, giving you a bunch of fluff, I think that's one positive you took away from this press conference. And I think you have to be excited about his excitement about Bryce Young because a lot of people felt like that that could be a deterrent for a lot of coaches not believing in Bryce Young because of his size and things of that nature. And he talked a little bit about how, you know, he's going to figure out what Bryce is seeing, how to best serve him, and just saying that the team is going to uh, build around him and his skill set. And the thing about it, Dan Morgan, just, you know, I can't get Dan Morgan the player out of my head, okay? So when he says that, you know, that logo isn't feared, and uh, it was it a bar. Be it was be nice feared bar. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it needs to be feared again. And just coming from him and on what he brought to the table and what he wants that to look like. You know, I think Panthers fans, you don't necessarily have to be jumping out of your seat saying, man, you know, I can't wait. They're about to go to the Super Bowl. But I think it's got to give you some optimism and it's got to definitely build some hope no matter how you feel because you want to see how this thing's going to play out.
1: All right, let's continue to talk about this. Pulling up to the scene, we have the bus driver in his driver's seat. Let's go ahead and open up the doors, Fiddy, get off the bus.
0: We look good getting off the bus.
2: I got something to say. Damn!
1: Let's hear from Dan, the man himself. Here he is talking about how excited he is to work with new head coach, Dave Canales.
2: Great honor to be named the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, along with Dave oh, Canales as the head coach. Um, super excited to, to work with Dave. Me and Dave me and Dave have known each other for many years now. Like and, seven uh, years. Yeah, yeah. And this is a dream come true for both of us. The way Dave carries himself uh, is a lot of the way that I carry myself, which is with honor, integrity, and we're going to work our butts off. So,
1: you had a lot of the buzz stuff there from Dan Morgan, I think. Pretty much all press long. Here's another theme, though, from Dan, which I think was the most important takeaway from this press conference. It's the word that they mentioned the most, and that was alignment. Here's Dan Morgan talking about
2: just that. There's going to be a process. There's going to be alignment in our building. And we're going to do things the right way to build a championship team here.
1: It was the main takeaway. Hey, everybody, we're shooting up the flare. Do you see... Do you see we're aligned? We've worked together. We're on the same page. Did you see Dave hire everybody that he worked with in Tampa? Those guys have the same offensive philosophy. We're not gonna have different factions here. We're all on the same page. As much as I joke about it, that was a message that they needed to be adamant was true. They needed to be adamant with the media that, yo, we are all in this together and we are all on the same page. We know each other really well. And even if we have a Jim Caldwell holdover, everybody else understands how to work with one another, including the GM and the head coach. And I thought that was important that they relay that message to the public.
0: Yeah. And let me just say, man, just seeing Dan on that podium, those eyes bugged out as i said Dan was my guy when i tell you that i liked him a lot in miami panther fever in a little no, bit all right I'm let's saying, let's yeah let's, let's take it, it. easy but, uh, but no, I, did. I was a huge fan of Dan Morgan. And uh, just seeing him on that stage, he looked like he was ready to go hit somebody. He looked like he was ready to go fill a gap as he was doing that press conference, man. And so, you know, following in the footsteps of the John Lynches and other players that have delved into front office work is going to be exciting to see what he can do. And also, too, you know, Tepper saying when they asked if he was going to do interviews and he said, no, I'm in the background now. So you talk about some of the things that they tried to do to get a little bit of a pers- Perception change from the initial press conference. Yeah, you had Dan Morgan saying we're aligned to let you know that everything is in much better shape than what it was. And then for Tepper to come in and use the comment that, oh, I'm in the background now. Like they tried to make sure that they did some things to uh, get the public perception up a little bit more than what it's been.
1: Well, well, look, I mean, it's the right thing to do, but it was definitely a PR savvy introductory press conference. But that's fine. So you're supposed to do It's, it's one of those things things that okay you might just take the jokes along the way but also it's a necessary evil we need to get the alignment message out check David Tepper wants to let people know hey I'm in the background now check which wasn't announced to everybody like that but that comes from Joe person asking if David Tepper was gonna go through some of those interviews and then he said no I'm in the background now I believe that that's his intention We'll have to figure out if that takes place this year. I also think that was a little of a snarky comment. If if we're going to give context to who David Tepper is as a person, then I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up as at least having a little bit of snarkiness attached to it. Hey, no interviews for me. I'm in the background. Like, knowing we would still love to ask you some questions. Right. <laughs> so, but okay, cool. We won't have to ask you any questions. And if you're really going to be in the background of the football ops part of this, then cool. Hopefully, they can go out there and win some football games. I think Dan Morgan's play also in this press conference was a play at nostalgia. So as he's going down the list of the type of dogs that they need, he said, "We need dogs such as Jay Stu talks about." Jay Stu was in attendance. <laughs> mm. I think the best getting off the bus soundbite segment you've ever had. <laughs> I think today is that day, February 1st, 2024. Excellent work out of the bus driver being a dynamic producer. But Jonathan Stewart was saying how they needed the dogs. Dan Morgan quoted that. Then he said, We need players with grit, such as Steve Smith, who doesn't take any prisoners. We need players like Luke Keekley. We need players like Thomas yeah, Davis. Yeah, big
0: time plays on all sure. the Panthers. No history. doubt,
1: no doubt. Playing at the nostalgia as much as he possibly can, and to perform his dismount that he did, he's trying to tell you we need people to fear the logo again, like they did in 2003. When you pull up to the bank of when you pull up to Bank of America Stadium and you see the logo, they need to fear that, feel some type of fear, and they don't do that right now. And he admitted that, so I understand the play at nostalgia. You're getting a lot of the fans, hey, I do remember those good old days. It's been a while, but I remember those good old days. And now you're still shifting the story to somebody new in Dave Canales, who is going to have to try to put that vision out there on the football field.
0: Yeah, you've got to do that, though, I feel like, because there isn't much recent history to lean back on to get the fans excited. You've got to take them back to some of their most successful days to get that goodwill, that feeling, that dreaming because you know that those moments came from adversity. I mean, when John Fox came in, obviously he was hired because the previous coach didn't work and got him to the Super Bowl. Same thing with Ron Rivera. And so that's what they're hoping that Dave Canales is going to be able to do. Uh, But like you said, as far as the introductory press conference goes, he definitely delivered on what you wanted to hear. Uh, he seems like a guy that's going to be uh, an honest coach and is going to give you the real. And that's going to be refreshing from what we had with Frank Reich, not to say that he was getting up there capping a ton, but we got a lot of information that didn't match up on the field. And so I think that with Canales, I don't think that's going to be the issue. Uh, I feel like he's going to tell it like it T.I. is. I like that, too. Horse Show,
1: Horse Show Dad, said it is clear that Morgan looks at this team and knows they're soft. That's why I like what I heard and it is funny because he is the middle linebacker that is you know the crazy guy out there on the defense where I am glad we can go back to what Greg Olson was talking about with Dan Morgan being the GM and saying hey I know we just think of this wild lunatic seeking collisions out there on the football field because that's what's required of a middle linebacker but that also leaves out and ignores a really important part of what a middle linebacker brings to a football team and that's the cerebral part of being the play caller on the defense and so you got to be smart out there if you're going to be a good linebacker. I mean, that's what we credit Luke Keekley for being, right? He's the one that was able to sniff out the plays at the line of scrimmage. It's fun to hear players talk about playing Luke Keekley saying dog, he called out 50% of our plays. We didn't know what to do. <laughs> we had to try to change it. Dan Morgan is often described as the uh, precursor to Luke Kuechly before he came aboard. He was. And Dan having the crazy Super Bowl performance, bringing the physicality and the smarts to the table. And I think we all kind of hope he GMs like that. That would be great. And of course, you got to hit on the players. Final text message that we'll go to before we move on. We did have a text coming in saying, the thing that we need to know first and foremost is WFNZ aligned on OG Pop-Tart flavors. Yeah, this was a conversation that we had Yeah, at the we're end. not in
0: alignment there. No, we I think it's it, it I think it falls on But I do on, think about Pop-Tarts a lot.
1: It falls on me. And so I'm willing to accept that I thought chocolate was an OG Pop-Tart flavor and Google told me that I was wrong. I'm not going to continue to tell you that chocolate is an OG Pop-Tart flavor if we got the Pop-Tart old heads and Kyle Bailey and Wes Bryant telling me no young blood. That's not how we used to do it back in my day. (laughs) I'm going to respect my Pop-Tart elders on this, so we have alignment, but that's important. We fix our Pop-Tart alignment. The Panthers need to fix their football alignment, so we get better, Wes. We get a better Wes and Walker show for you every single day.
0: We do. And I don't think we are lying, though, because of the way Fiddy acted about the blueberry Pop-Tart.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that take still blows my mind. But but he, at least OG flavors, though, right? Like, we don't have to be aligned on what we like the best. We just have to acknowledge yeah. the OGs when they're there. Yes. Fiddy, do you acknowledge that, or are you still going to be hard-headed?
3: Yes, because brown sugar cinnamon, the goat Pop-Tart is an OG Pop-Tart, so... Uh... Okay. I do concur. All right, so that's important stuff. We're aligned on OG
1: Pop-Tarts, and I think we're aligned on liking what we heard at the press conference today. We'll continue giving you our main takeaways. What did Dave Canales have to say about Bryce Young? Some important stuff there. Let's talk about it. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, two seven WFNC.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
2: We we need to find those leaders, those competitors, as Jay Stu would say, those dogs. Like, we need some dogs. Like, we got to get some guys that are passionate about football, that love football. They want to come out every day and compete on the practice field, in the weight room. We need competitors. We got to bring that back here. We gotta bring that back here to Bank of America Stadium to where people get excited about coming to see our team. We're super passionate about bringing a team that the fans can be proud of, that our players can be proud of. Like, when teams drive up to this stadium, we want them to fear that logo. The logo has to be feared again, because right now, it's not feared. So we gotta get that back, but I think it starts with getting the right type of players.
1: Dan Morgan at the introductory press conference as he's promoted to president of football operations and the general manager alongside Dave Canales, the new head coach of your Carolina Panthers. We're talking about that presser on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. I just want to clarify when he says they're pulling up to the stadium how many people do you think are fearful of Bank of America's logo because of how little they might have in their Bank of America account right now? <laughs> that is an awesome uh, point right there. Just want to make sure, like, ooh, yeah, I need a check. Make sure that check was dropped in there. Make sure I got that
0: deposit. That's a good reminder when you pull up to the stadium.
1: We all know how. W- that would be a great question for the text line that we can just go ahead and put forth right now. When's that time that you didn't know if you're going to be able to pay for that food at mcdonald's drive-thru because you didn't know if the deposit hit and you needed that deposit i know that's happened to me a couple of times where there was an overdraft fee and then
0: everything is terrible because you overdrafted by like cents yeah college on y'all go Woo. those are the worst and then if they hit you with that 35 on top of it yeah. oh come on then you had to call because most of the time you can call and talk them down you could be like, hey, man, can you take this off? I was really going to put some money in there to do this and that, and they do it for you.
1: This goes to the whole closed mouths don't get fed thing, because I was just always too sweaty and nervous, and yeah. I couldn't call. I was just like, how am I going to do this? I guess I'm just going to stay at home and not eat for the next couple of I days. I used to
0: call in politics, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fitty,
1: you grabbed that mic, too. It feels like you have one of those experiences.
3: It was just this morning at the McDonald's drive oh, no. through I gave them the credit card, and I thought maybe it had been maxed out, you know, because part-time employees, it's, it's it's hard in this economy, man. The
1: funds of Fiddy is always a roller coaster ride of a conversation. It is because we ride the highest of highs. You just said this what earlier this week? I think you were talking about. I think you dropped actual information on the air as to how much money you have in your bank. At least like north of a certain amount is what you said.
3: Yeah, I've got north of ten bands. Oh well, you just keep going again. <laughs> All right,
2: You're
0: a big screw. And I mean, he always brings up. You know, that he can go take a trip or go do this or go do that. Like, Mm -hmm. he always says, or he's like, oh, I can pay x amount for this if i needed to we won't comment on what some of those things he would pay for are but <laughs> uh you know <laughs> that was sinister that was yeah, i know t- he would like that i, I knew he'd like that uh,
1: dan morgan wants us to fear the logo i fear fitty's laugh <laughs> yeah yeah whatever that was that's what's scary yeah
0: so he'll me. let you know he's got he's got a little bit of scrilla saved up fitty's good with his money man
1: uh, <laughs> wolfpack james how is your credit card maxed out on the first day of the
0: month it is february 1st i guess we what are you talk about yes, Wolfpack James said he paying his thing off every month. So I guess that's true. That's yeah, type of life he, that's type of time he's on. Uh, well, that, that's
1: Wolfpack Same James here. being disciplined. Yeah, that's that disciplined man right there on the text line. These are our listeners, and we thank them. Fear the logo. How long is it going to take before the opposition actually fears the Panthers logo again? We can start to talk a little bit more about all of that. I'm interested though in Dave Canales, the alignment with Dan Morgan. It's something they talked about every second really of that press conference and here's dave Canales talking about how his time in seattle helped him become the best possible candidate to be the head coach here in carolina
4: to formulate an identity, to formulate
1: a football DNA that wins. 10 out of 13 years to the playoffs. I just coached in my 20th and 21st playoff games uh, these last past couple of weeks, Um, and so I'm just really appreciative of Pete Carroll, who pushed me to think about the next thing. Quit looking just at the quarterback. Quit just staring at the wide
3: receivers route. Open your eyes. What's happening with these combos? You see what the defense is doing? Did you notice we're playing a lot more of this coverage this camp open your eyes think bigger
1: be prepared what do you think about dave canalis discussing looking for the next thing and opening your eyes on some of the other problems you might have, not being too bogged down and focus on one in particular thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a much needed skill being a head coach, because as I said, it's different now. He can't just focus on the offense. He can't just focus on how many points they're going to score every week. He's going to have to be able to put out a lot of fires or he's going to have to be able to start uh, a lot of different fires in a good way. So I think as a head coach, that's a good mentality to have but you can't stay bogged down on one thing. You got to be able to fix multiple things at once uh, because, as we know, he's going to endure way more day to day issues than he ever has being an offensive coordinator and he's got to be prepared for that so i think that mantra that he's got uh will certainly be able to help him if he's able to execute it in that fashion
1: a salesman wrote in on the text line you can tell us how you felt about that press conference salesman said guys i'm a well-documented moron when it comes to pressers and dan and dave got me hype they sold me like a cheap suit Dave temper <laughs> is the greatest owner on earth undefeated season incoming that is much of
0: uh, optimism as you could ask for I guess they did their job if they can get people to feel like that
1: coming from the extreme pessimist that he was throughout this entire hiring process he would write in saying guys I did you know I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt whatsoever like they're not going to earn it what have they done? To earn it. And I got it the entire way. But glad to see Salesman is back on the uh, bandwagon. 404 number writes in. Uh, are you guys talking at all about. You know, Or do you feel weird. When Dan Morgan mentions all of these players. Luke Keekley I think Moose Muhammad was mentioned. Jay Stu.
0: He was and, there too I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. And he mentions everybody but Cam Newton. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to make this like into a big old mountain or something, but like it I was listening for Cam. <laughs> I was listening for Cam, and I didn't hear it, but I, I I don't want to make it a big thing. I think he was just talking about some of the particular assets that you want in some of these players and or aspects, I should say. And i I don't know. It's like Camden was such a different breed. Like, do you say, I want a chiseled QB? (laughs) I want somebody... You could have mentioned him. I was listening for it, too. But 404 is just asking why Cam Newton's name wasn't brought up.
3: He wasn't here while Cam was here. That's probably why he didn't mention Cam Newton. That's what I thought. I felt like he was naming
1: his guy. No, you're right. He's mentioning 03. I guess Jay Stew wasn't
3: either, though. That's what I was thinking.
0: Jonathan Stewart was not there. He wasn't.
3: And, And let's think this thing out. Cam auditioned to be the president of the Panthers... Dan Morgan gets it. Maybe there's some battle between Dan Morgan and Cam Newton.
0: Well, we know his talent evaluation is off when you're talking about Cam Newton. So I think that's Here we go. one thing that uh, kept him from getting a job. Hey,
3: yeah. did you see he was doubling down again today?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's
3: fine. He said Brock Purdy's the 10th best player on his own Yeah, team. that's one of the dumbest. That's what he did. Well, no, Brock, oh, Brock's at least oh, eight. God.
1: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh, that's my no, barber oh, was no. my barber was talking to me about that this morning, uh, and he's an Eagles fan, and he even said that that sounded ridiculous. Um, you know, I. Well, hold on, but we. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know. We have if mm, if we didn't have Panthers presser stuff, then I would say go I just, off on. Camp. I just expect so much better analysis from him than that to say something so stupid, and all it is is because he is just upset that. Uh, no, that man. Brock Purdy yeah, made him eat crow this we weekend. Because after this weekend and the last two weeks, you, you you can't say anything else. And Cam can say what he want. I'll just end it like uh, Warren Sapp said. He left the church's money on the table in the Super Bowl, and Brock Purdy ain't going to do it. Let's move on, okay? Bird Gang Gage. We ain't scared to jump
1: on no fumbles. Bird Gang Gage writes in on the text line, the pressers got me reevaluating my life. Now I want to go be a high school coach. Yeah, that's something something Dave talked about. Uh, You might be as successful as Dave Canales coaching a JV high school football team because he did say, I was really excited. My first ever game, I forget what high school he said he coached at, but the first ever JV game that he was the head coach of, they lost 34 to 13, and he said he found this is what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. And so maybe if you lose by almost 20 or by, yeah, by 20 points, then maybe you too can be the next head
0: coach of the Carolina Panthers. That's pretty cool, though, when you see a guy go from the high school ranks. And I know there are a decent amount of NFL coaches that do it, but a lot of them start in college. You don't get a lot of the high school to the NFL um, type of coaches. And so I like that as well. Uh, I think that's another endearing aspect of Dave Canales. 704 writes this in,
1: and I want to spend some time on this. I tell you what, these guys are uh, sure as hell can preach call me stupid, but I'm on the 10 win train again. Like it's a joke. It's a great joke. I'm totally with you. Everybody is pretty much on that same vibe, right? I'm not going to tell you that they're going to win 10 games, but when he says these guys sure as hell can preach, I don't know if I got the preach aspect of Dave Canales. I absolutely did with Matt rule, the son of a preacher. I absolutely got that with Frank Reich, a preacher. (laughs) I did not get that from Dave Canales as much. This goes into a little bit of my preconceived notion on how Canales was going to be at the podium. I expected sunshine and rainbows positivity where you can motivate players like that. You can. But I expected it to be maybe a little bit over the top, and I didn't get that whatsoever. What I thought was different with Dave Canales at the podium compared to the other introductory press conferences was he was a little more real than Frank Reich he felt a little more honest than Matt rule. And I think we've seen him write a book about just how honest he can be. He told you he was nervous up there. He wasn't trying to give you some false sense of bravado. He wasn't trying to pound his chest and say, I'm ready to go. And if you don't come, if you don't come with that fire in your belly, then you can go ahead and leave John Gannon style. He wasn't trying to do that. He was telling you, I'm excited for this opportunity and I'm nervous. I want to create an environment where every player is set up to be the best they possibly can. We're going to tailor this franchise to enhance what you do best. And of course that starts with Bryce Young. As anybody that watches this team or just even watches football, you got to understand the most important relationship you're going to have is with the number one overall pick at the quarterback position who did not work out his rookie season. So if Dave is telling you we're going to tailor our passing game To what Bryce does well himself. Not try to have him adapt to my scheme or anything like that. We're going to adapt to him. He even mentioned Chuba Hubbard. When we come up with a run game, what run game best suits the personnel that we have up front and with our starting running back as it stands right now in Chuba Hubbard? You're going to play it, Fiddy. I saw you reach for it. Chuba, 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 Chuba chanting everywhere. What? (laughs) Dave Canales is singing that same thing. It felt like he was real. It felt like these players can connect with him. And it doesn't seem like he's going to be selling you a whole lot of BS. There's a genuine feel there. Now, ultimately, yeah, of course you're going to have to win games. I don't know what these guys are going to react to in the locker room if they're just going to brush whatever Canales messages is, is off the shoulder and just not care you can speak to that a little more than I could probably with some of these coaches messages having been in a locker room yourself but like there's no magic elixir to this you can only be who you are and try to see if this thing works out on the football field and I do think players respect that and I think they're going to respect Dave Canales approach to all of this just as Seahawks and Buccaneers have before his time here in Carolina
0: yeah I mean the- players are going to sniff out really quick, you know, if he's the real deal, but I think that from his track record and everything that we've seen, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I mean, we've seen what he's done with player development. The proof is right there in front of you with the three quarterbacks uh, that he's worked with of note. And then, you know, you're talking about the, the uh, all you have to do is look at the reactions of the Tampa Bay players when he was gone. You look at what Mike Evans said and Rashad White and all those guys and how much uh, they were annoyed at the fact that he was leaving them. So I think that tells you uh, alone how his players feel about him. And I think that's going to bode well and he's going to carry that uh, right over to the Panthers.
1: Now, another thing that was a main takeaway that we found out in the middle of that press conference it was Joe Person asking if Ajero Averro was going to come back. So that's the question that he asked to Dave, is if Averro is going to come back. What Dave answered was how much he respects Ajero Averro, saying how hard it was to game plan against that defense. And you see, they didn't put up many points. They still won the games because our offense was atrocious here in Carolina. But it's not like Tampa Bay put up a bunch of points on Averro's defense. That's what he talked about. And the question was, is he coming back? So then, after he was done giving you how much he respects Avero, Joe, without the mic in his hand anymore, says, "Wait, no, is he is he coming back? Do you, you expect him to come back?" And then Canalis just kind of acted like, "Oh yeah, no, we, we expect him back. That's going to be a huge part for us. We expect him back." So that hasn't been confirmed in the public eye until Canalis said that. But in my opinion, that's a big deal. I know we want Canalis to fill out the staff as he deems fit he's already done a great job at getting the guys he wants in place on the offensive side. And he even put a little bit more emphasis that that is my main responsibility. This is what I have to do. Make sure everything is working on that side of the, uh, of the football or the line of scrimmage. But I do think also sometimes people will overcorrect compared to a year that didn't work the previous season. Oh, okay. So we had a bunch of different minds, a bunch of different philosophies. We got to go the exact opposite. We can't, We got to go 180 degrees the opposite direction when, yeah, it's probably a good place to start. But it's okay to have Jim Caldwell still on this staff as long as you guys are aligned. And there's reason to believe that they're aligned. And we didn't even see Frank Reich and Avero have any beef. That wasn't reported. Anything that was reported about the factions developing in that organization, it was all about what they thought they should do offensively. Defensively, they were all good. Yeah, they said the defensive staff was in lockstep. If you bring back the lockstep defensive staff, and they did a pretty good job last year, I'm in favor of it.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I know I had said before that I wanted uh, Canales to bring in his staff in general. But, you know, I knew it was a 50-50 shot that Avero was going to be back. I'm not surprised that he is back. Uh, we know that he was getting interviewed for coaching jobs, but it just didn't feel right to me, him getting a head coaching job coming off of a 2-15 uh, and 15 football team. I, I thought whatever fan base that he might have gone to, that would have looked a little bit wild to me to hire a coach from uh, a losing franchise. So I never thought that the head coaching thing was a real deal. The only thing I thought that was a true threat was other defensive coordinator positions, but we know that Tepper was also blocking him from doing a lot of those interviews. If anything was a real threat to me, it was going to be uh, the Rams. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not shocked by it. And Canales kind of knew, all right, I'm an offensive guy. I've already got a guy in place here. It takes a little bit more off of his plate to not to have to search for a defensive coordinator or find a guy. He knew, all right, I already got a guy here that's got this defense off to a good start. There's still some things that need to be fixed and some some areas they can get better at. But hey, that's. Every defense, no matter how good or bad that you are. And so I think he just knew, all right, I'm going to make this easy on myself and just keep the guy here that's already off to a good start.
1: Another thing I liked from Dave Canales before we move on, I thought it was great that he acknowledged Bryce Young's size. He was asked about it. Brett Jensen asked him about the differences in coaching Bryce Young compared to Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, some of the shorter QBs, and Geno Smith, who's like 6'5 or something like that. Very different in their stature. And I like that Dave didn't run from that. He didn't try to say, hey, it doesn't matter how tall you are. It's it's not about the size of you as the human. It's the size of your heart. He didn't give us any of that, man. (laughs) He just gave us, yeah, there are different things that you have to do when you're coaching a smaller quarterback. I thought it was also funny when he said, now, I'm not going to tell you all of those things and reveal my secrets to the entire NFC South. That's not what I'm about to do up here at the podium. But, yeah, you have to approach it in a different way. He also brought up Drew Brees. That's been a common comparison people have made because of the success that he had down in New Orleans. I like that he wasn't running away from that, Wes. Let's acknowledge what we have on the squad. You got a small QB, but the guy can perform really well. And so let's do everything we can in order to bring out the best in your small QB that's clearly very talented because otherwise you wouldn't have selected him with the top choice.
0: Yeah, and I mean, obviously he had to be the top reason that he took this job because that's his main job. The main job coming in as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers right now heading into next season is to fix the offense. So you better be okay with everything Bryce Young brings to the table. You better be okay with his size. You better be okay with what you need to do to help him get better or else you're going to be gone from this job very quickly as well. So, you know, everything that he's saying, I believe Canales – But those are things that he has to believe. Those are things that he has to tap into uh, to be able to do the best at this job because you're not getting another quarterback. You don't have a first-round pick. You may, depending on if Tepper's had a change of heart, if you have a terrible season this year and things look more the same, you better hope that he retains you for another year so then you can take advantage of a potential top five, top ten pick. We'll see. But at the end of the day, I do believe everything Canales said about it, and he's got – background resume that shows me that he can take quarterbacks and take them to the next level. We have plenty of sound being cut up right now that we will play as
1: the show goes on from Dave Canales speaking about this Panthers team from new president of football operations. Dan Morgan will be playing that all day on Wesson Walker coming up next, though. It's the first time in a long time that Fiddy reveals his favorites in preparation of North Carolina and Duke this weekend. He gives you his favorite UNC wins over Duke in Chapel Hill. Very specific, but that's Fiddy's favorites. It's his list, and we will allow him to showcase what his favorite wins are. Coming up next, Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. I believe this was from AJ on the text line, which you can text in at on 704-570-9610. As I was going through the previous head coaching press conferences, Matt Rule, Frank Reich, Matt Rule, son of a preacher. Well documented. Frank Reich, also a preacher. Dave Canales, son of a preacher. Are we starting to see a theme with who David Tepper? hires as his football coach
0: I see that i mean that must be uh like i said a prerequisite now for any carolina panthers
1: coach. so according to ag news who wrote the article i think a few days ago carolina panthers hire ag prodigy canalis the assemblies of god dave canalis's father isaac canalis served as pastor of mission ebenezer family church in carson california before retiring in 2019. David Tepper's got a type, man. If he can preach in those meetings, Tepper's like, you know what? I like this guy.
0: You're hired. It sounds like it. I mean, <laughs> every, everybody else has the same background and Canales joins in. So. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny because these
1: guys are great at speaking. And Canales, I think, is better than even Frank Reich and Matt Rule is. Like, at least more entertaining on the mic. But everybody did like especially what Matt Rule had to say when he was introduced. Here's Canales doing the same thing. I didn't think it sounded as much like that. But, Fiddy, you were talking about, like, you definitely can hear it in there.
3: Oh, yeah. When you go back and, like, you you see the text and you, and you let your mind go to that place. Could Dave Canales be the son of a preacher? You definitely hear the preaching. Also, this hire does not work out. Mm-hmm. Dabo Sweeney's the next guy he's going to.
1: No doubt about it. Dabo is going to be the next head coach if this doesn't. I think it – I hope it will. I don't know if it's going to. Nobody knows if it's yeah. going to. I like to hire.
3: If it doesn't, then – He'll go to Dabo. And then if Dabo can't win, and we all know that God favors Dabo, mm-hmm. then that's how mm-hmm. you know that the, the franchise curse. I, I
1: don't know what we did. <laughs> if Dabo doesn't work out, then we did something very, very bad. But I apologize because I don't want to watch this football anymore. I don't want to watch it. Please. Please help us out. Let's move on now to Fitty's favorites. The first time in a while that we've gone to this, this has been like, what, a year? Maybe not that long, but it's been a while. Maybe the off season. And now you get to give us your first Fitty favorites list in a while. Your favorite UNC wins over Duke in Chapel Hill. Let's start off with number five.
3: Yeah, I got to tell you, this is maybe the hardest list I've ever put together because there's so many fun and favorite memories. But starting off with number five. Number five. This guy was in Spectrum Center last night, balled out, leading the Bulls to a win over the Lowly Hornets. A 2019 win at home over Duke, secured a regular season share of the ACC title with Virginia. And this is the game, Walker and West. maybe if y'all remember, that Kobe White dribbled between three Duke players to hit a mid-range shot. It was like the reverse Steph Curry when Steph dribbled through three Clippers and pulled up from three. Kobe did it from two-point land, and it was absolutely beautiful. I damn near cried while watching it happen. Um, and little did we know that that was maybe the high point for five years of was watching that team sweep Duke, In the regular season, without Zion Williamson, of course. But uh, that win for me, very high up on the list. Because before this year, that was the last fun I had from start to finish.
1: Kobe White was a huge problem coming into the college game and it was weird I don't know if you guys remember this and maybe a little bit of it was Zion mania and we were focused on other recruits but I always thought Kobe was going to be awesome because he was the leading scorer in high school basketball history in the state of North Carolina it just felt okay this guy's got athleticism he's strong he can shoot why aren't we making a bigger deal out of it and then he showed oh yeah I am a big deal I'm about to be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft
0: yeah man Kobe White was a phenomenal player I remember that hair flying up and down the court, cutting numerous uh, highlights of him in. But he was a big-time guy, and I feel like he's kind of underrated in North Carolina history. That's what I'm saying. And and even coming into it, it felt like that with us
1: not giving him as much of attention. But then he became a Charlotte Hornets favorite if we would have been high enough to select him. Everybody wanted that to happen late bloomer, but dude is balling right now in Chicago.
3: Well, I you gotta remember Nazir Little was the five-star yep. prospect that arrived with him. He got the fanfare, but and dude, Kobe's hair in person impressive. More impressive than his jumper, which is also, as we've seen this year, pretty good. Great at driving had a fun
1: dunk last night. Kobe was really good. One point off of his tying his career high. Missed a free throw. Just dribbled into a random Hornets player to go to the foul line to see if he could tie it. Missed the first free throw. 35. That'll still do, though. Number four.
3: If you're a Carolina basketball fan, you know how important Senior Night is. 2017 Joel Berry Senior Night in Chapel Hill. Did game day. Watched the game at Sup Dogs on Franklin Street. Scarred a poor bartender for life oh, when no. she asked me if I wanted more drink. I screamed no after a missed free throw. She thought I was yelling at her. I got to be on Franklin. To set the first bonfire after they beat Duke, and it was the win that was a catalyst for their run to the national championship.
1: Joel Berry, where does he rank for you in your favorite point guards of all time?
3: He's my second favorite Tar Heel of all time. Oh, okay. That, that Marcus, I've watched
1: play and, and second guard because Page is your first. Marcus right?
3: Page is my first.
1: Joel Berry was fantastic, and that's one that was kind of taking that that um. That transition into what Roy Williams would do is he would get really good players, but they wouldn't ball out maybe the first or second year and then go into, like, all-American territory, your junior and senior season. Joel Barry was awesome, and this is a good one in 2017. Number
3: three. Not many times has weather forced the game to be moved, but in 2014 it did. An ice storm came through the Triangle area, and Coach K – I don't want to drive on the ice. I remember Roy Williams quipped and said, "Well, hell, we'll send our buses and bring your asses over here." Game gets rescheduled eight days later. Carolina, unranked, upsets number five Duke at home. Roy Williams used a one-three-one zone in the second half to stall out Jabari Parker and the crew. Um, a lot of fun. You had to wait eight days for the game. Carolina upsets Duke, and it was one of the first times as a kid where like I saw the magic of them not being top ten, you know the records didn't really matter, Carolina came to play, they got the win, a lot of fun.
1: Do you remember that game at All West about them having to reschedule? And what do you remember from Jabari Parker's time at Duke?
0: Uh, I've watched every Duke Carolina game pretty much since I've been uh, on this earth. So mm-hmm. uh, I haven't missed many games. Now as far as remembering them in vivid detail like Fiddy does, I do not. But uh, Jabari Parker, I just remember him uh, – he was a really good player. I think, based off the hype he had coming out of high school, I probably expected a little bit more from him. But I mean, he had a solid NBA career, and uh, he was a great player in the ACC. So,
1: I just remember them losing to Mercer that year, right? Or was it? Was that the year? Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, Fitty just went to a really weird like (laughs) pleasurable place after i mentioned that couldn't even talk to me let's move on very quickly
2: number two
3: 2011 kendall marshall gets inserted into the starting lineup after carolina gets blown out at georgia tech larry drew then quits the program his dad blames roy williams and kendall marshall's (laughs) greatness starts to ascend they host duke in the regular season finale regular season title on the line Carolina got the job done. The game was on CBS. It was back in the time where CBS had rights to the second game in the rivalry. It was a lot of fun and kind of like how this year feels like it was at that point in the rivalry where every time they met the final weekend of the regular season, The regular season was on the line, and that team would go on to make the Elite Eight. All right, so Kendall Marshall, I
1: go to their game in Greensboro against Texas. That's the game where Corey Joseph hit a game winner at the foul line. Harrison Barnes had a monster three to, I don't know if to send that in overtime or just make it close at the end of regulation. But Kendall Marshall played 15 minutes in that game. That was about average for what he had been doing at that time. He had a crazy wraparound pass after driving to the goal. And I'm like, why isn't this guy getting 38 minutes per contest? And sure enough, Roy Williams would say, all right, Walker, you're right. We need to start playing Kendall Marshall about (laughs) 38 minutes per contest. And that's how much he averaged the rest of the way. After Texas, and then you play, I think, a a few more games before you get to conference play, and then the tickets, uh, the the minutes just start going up and up and up. Kendall Marshall, one of my favorite heels of all time.
0: Yeah, uh, well, Kendall Marshall was one of those guys, man, and he just always made the right play, and he made their offense go. The classic Carolina point guard, he kept the tempo up at all times, and he seemed to always make the right passes and didn't turn the ball over a bunch, man. K-Butter, love the
1: Twitter handle, too, before he, I think, signed off. Last one.
3: Number one. Really quickly because we got to go. We mentioned how important senior night is. There's never been more pressure, I felt like, on Roy Williams than to send Tyler Hansborough out the right way. Senior night at home in 2009. Once again, the regular season on the line between these two teams. Hansborough plays great. Ty Lawson plays great. Carolina beats Duke. Of course, they go on to win the national championship that year. I can just remember reading in Roy's book, how nervous he was if he lost. Because up until 2013, he never lost on senior night. And that was the most nervous he ever was because you can't lose when your greatest player's playing his final home game. Although Duke would do that when Coach K quit. But uh, <laughs> that was, I mean, I, m- I remember as a fan, like, there's always nerves. Those were real because he wasn't even my favorite player but you can't lose in his final home game and thank god they didn't
0: no you could not and i mean we know how how emotional of a guy roy williams was so you knew that he was going to send uh tyler out the right way with the speech after the game and uh, all of those things. So I never doubted for one second that Roy was going to do the right thing uh, by Tyler Hansborough. And, you know, there was no need for him to be nervous. I mean, they had a great team. And Tyler Hansborough, arguably greatest ACC player, he's up there. If not, he's top three, four, five, wherever you want to put him. So I was waiting for Fitty to they say stop it. They weren't going to He's number one. He's that the was,
3: best ACC yeah. player of all well, time. Well, people will argue that. Uh, and they can be wrong.
0: Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. I don't want to – I just – before we go into that debate, I did want to say – if you're a North Carolina player, like one, I don't. He's clearly the most decorated Carolina basketball player of all time. How can you beat it outside of a Christian leitner type of career at Carolina? Like Tyler Hey, I don't even know if you can beat what Hansbro did.
0: You got to win multiple championships. Well, you know, you got the old heads that's gonna say, and and I guess the golf sheer, I guess. Talent, skill, et cetera, but you're going to have people that are going to throw the David Thompson's that was three time player. I'm saying, of the year I'm saying
1: decorated at North Carolina, though. I'm saying not even best. Like, I'm trying to. I'm oh, saying, yeah, I was
0: speaking more to the ACC. Always. No, you're good.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying at North Carolina, that university, is it even really possible for you to become more decorated no, than Haynesboro no, ever? No. And, well, it, it and that's in college
0: basketball in general. It's hard to have a career like what he had. All right, that was Fitty's favorites. Maybe we can go
1: back and discuss some of the other memories that we have end the battle between North Carolina and Duke. We can do that maybe on the other side of the break. It's the Campus Corner coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.